Life Audio. Today we are continuing our discussion from yesterday where we are wrapping up and debriefing the first week's content of Mary, the mother of Jesus, and we're looking at how she was a woman of authority. Again, this Bible study is go at your own pace. I know that sometimes you feel this pressure because it is divided up into weeks, but some people take a whole week to go through one day. That's okay. You can go as fast or as slow as you need to, but I want to encourage you to do the journaling prompts. Look up the Bible verses. Do the actual study the way it's intended because that's how you're going to get the most value and grow the most through this process. I want to encourage you to keep going. Even if you fall behind, keep going. You got this. Hey friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus podcast. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? And how do you know the difference? Do you ever struggle to feel confident in your relationship with God and what he says in his word? Do you sometimes feel stagnant or like maybe you hit a wall in your spiritual life? Hey, I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, missionary, author, pastor, and life coach, and I have been there. I too was doubting God's voice in my own life. I felt insecure about my relationship with Him, and I wanted to be obedient to what God was calling me to do, but I wasn't quite sure how to figure out what that was. I felt like I was wasting time trying to figure it out, and I just wanted a way to understand His will for my life. The answer for me was found in the pages of the scriptures, as I learned how to understand what they were actually saying. If you're ready to grow in your faith and to step confidently into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so that you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. So that's why we're doing it that way. Um, One question I did want to kind of address too is something that I um, really hope that you will take advantage of through this study. Throughout it, you will see there's various questions. There are prompts that I ask you to think about, to journal about, to just pause and meditate on. Um, For me, one of the questions this week was, have you ever had someone form an opinion of you based on one situation? And have you ever formed an opinion of someone based on one situation? I will tell you very... uh, Early on, um, I um, I'm remarried. I am divorced from my first husband. Who um, it was a really terrible situation, and I was divorced because of his decision, not because of mine. And um, I'm married now. We actually uh, just celebrated our 12th anniversary yesterday. Today's our anniversary. We celebrated yesterday. But um, my husband now is uh, an amazing man of God that I will be with until the day I die. Um, However, my first scenario, I had a young baby. I had two children at the time, but I had a young baby with me, and I tried to go to a mops group. And when I walked into the mops group, what ended up happening was um, I was kind of lumped into a category um, with other single moms. But there was one single mom in particular who had never been married. She had eight children from eight different fathers. And the, one of the leaders of this group said, oh, I'm going to put you two together because you have a lot in common. And, you know, it really stung because I was a Christian who did not believe in divorce. I had done nothing wrong in my marriage. And, in fact, I stayed way longer than I should have in an abusive situation. I, um, it, the divorce was not my decision. It was, it was a divorce. It was, it was, it was a situation that was handed to me because of adultery. So there was really um, repetitive adultery. So there was really nothing I could do when it came down to it. 
Um, and still, I, I felt like by her lumping me into this category with this other woman who had eight children from eight different fathers, who was still really living a life of sin, it just stung me so bad. And maybe today, if that happened, I wouldn't have been quite as bothered by it, but I was in a really vulnerable place that really um, just stung in a way that just was like salt in an already gaping wound. And throughout that entire year, when I did visit MOPS, I was continually thrust into the same category. Now, God worked in that situation and I was able to to minister to this mom and um, he kind of did what he needed to do. So I'm not saying that I shouldn't have been in, in her life at all. But what I am saying is it just felt like there was one situation that other people were basing their opinion on me of, and I had no control over that. And for a long time, I just carried with me just this bitterness over it and this unforgiveness. And even though I didn't necessarily consciously say I had unforgiveness, every time I passed that church where that mobs group was, I could just feel myself tense up a little bit. Or if there was a community event that was at that church, I wouldn't go. Or if I saw that mom in the carpool line, um, the, the one that had put me in, the, in that group, I would just kind of look the other way and not pay attention and pretend not to see her. So I realized as I was going through this study myself that there were some things I needed to forgive. That's one example of many. Um, but I think my encouragement to you is not to skip these parts and allow things to come up that need to come up. There are some heavy topics that we cover in this study. And my goal is for you to allow the Holy Spirit to release those things so you can walk in freedom. Um, I have chosen to forgive that scenario and to try to understand perspectives and all those kinds of things. Um, but the thing about forgiveness is it's not like you do it one time, you make the decision forgive, and then you always feel like you've forgiven. For me anyway, what has happened is it has been a process where every single time those feelings come up, I'd make the choice to forgive. Um, that's my encouragement for you is to maybe identify some things that you're holding on to that either you haven't forgiven because you just didn't think of, that you needed to forgive or you've chosen not to forgive because sometimes there's we almost feel like we have this power when we choose not to forgive something like I don't want to forgive it because either I don't want reconciliation or I'd rather be angry it's easier to be angry than it is to be hurt um Anger is a secondary emotion. It's covering something else up, usually a hurt, a disappointment, uh, a fear, something like that. And so God can't get to the root of that issue if you're holding on tightly to it. So at the beginning of the book, one of the things I say is the moment I came to Christ, even though salvation, of course, is a free gift from God, the moment I came to Christ, he asked me to hand things over to him. My unforgiveness, my bitterness, my pain, my sorrow. So he could deal with it. And so he could replace it with something better. That's my prayer for you this week. This week in this entire study, it's my prayer that you would exchange the things that you're holding on to that he wants to give you freedom from for the peace that comes from releasing those things to him. The second thing I wanted to bring up from this week is the statement that I made that sometimes the miracle happens after our obedience. Um, several years ago, almost a decade ago, I guess, I was an owner of a daycare and I had, we live in a very small town and it was 60 kids and uh, I think I had 12 full-time staff at the time and I was getting ready to go on a mission trip, my first uh, mission trip to, to Africa and 
God started to really kind of put on my heart that he was going to move me into full-time ministry. And at the time, I did not have any context for what that meant. Um, my degree, my undergraduate, all of that was in education. I didn't have any kind of ministry experience other than like Sunday school. And I mean, I ran a Christian daycare, but other than that, it really wasn't any kind of full-time ministry experience. And so I kind of ignored it for a while. And then it kind of got just stronger and stronger to the point where I just could not ignore it. And so I said to my husband, this is, I'm remarried by this time. I said to my husband, I think I'm supposed to close a daycare. And we prayed about it together. And he said, okay, well, if God's leading you to do this, we'll figure it out. Or he will figure it out. And so I sent out the letter to the daycare families, which is something very hard to do because I still had a mortgage on the building. I still had tax liabilities and all sorts of things. But it was July 1st, and I said um, July 30th was going to be our last day in operation. So that letter went out July 1st. On July 4th, our pastor was at a 4th of July picnic that we were at, and he invited us to come over for dinner that next day, July 5th. So on July 5th, when we went over, we thought we were just going over to spend time at the pastor's house. He actually said to me, you know, I don't know how this would work because you have the daycare. He said, but I just really feel like God has been telling me to ask you to take on the children's pastor's role at the church. And I looked at my husband and I thought, okay, <laughs> I wasn't crazy. I did hear from God and um, I doubted it because it just seems so radical and it seems so kind of crazy, but yet that, that pressing, I describe it as a pressing where it's not like an audible voice where I hear these voices, you know, not, not that I doubt that that can happen, but that's not how it works for me. It's more of like a pressing of a word into my heart to the point where I cannot ignore it. And it's not my thought because my thoughts are fleeting. I have adult ADD and I'm all over the place, but with this, it was just an unknowing. Okay, we're going to take a quick break here, and when we come back, we're going to finish up our debrief and wrap-up of this first week of Mary, the mother of Jesus, as a woman of authority. Stay tuned. And so when that happened, I realized that sometimes God asks for our obedience before he shows us the whole plan. And as I walked into that obedience, thankfully, God knows I'm impatient. It was only a couple days before he showed the plan. And I was able to you know, step into this ministry role already knowing that I had already committed to being obedient to whatever God was calling me to do. And I've seen that happen. That is a persistent experience of what happens in my life where God calls me to obedience before he shows me the plan. Um, during the season of my first book, when I was writing that, um, I had been writing for a, a, a blog online. And one of the things that came through the blog was that Anything that I wrote would no longer be mine and I could not use it for any kind of training, my volunteers or anything like that, except it was a children's ministry blog. And I even wrote to the guy that was over the blog and I said, this doesn't seem to make sense to me. If these are my words and I'm sharing them with you because they are valuable for children's ministry or children's ministry workers, why can I not then use that same content to train my workers? And he said, well, that's a pretty standard thing. Once you give it to me, it's mine. And I said, you know what, even though this is an opportunity to reach a lot of children's pastors, I did not feel comfortable with it. And so I stepped back, I withdrew, and I stopped writing for that organization. Um, within three days, I had an offer to write a book, and I had an offer to come speak at a very large children's pastors conference by um, somebody that I really admired and respected. 
And it was just so amazing to me that it all happened within a span of like three or four days where God was looking for my obedience before he showed me the plan. And I really feel like once I said no to, to the good thing, God gave me the greater thing. And so my encouragement for you is when you are facing those things that God is asking you to give up, we talk in here about how um, Mary is called to, to lay down her authority. We sometimes have spiritual authority for a season over something. It is really difficult to give those things up when we have been the one that's been the driving force that God has been using to get those things off the ground or sustaining those things. However, when we do that, what God does is he gives us the greater. Now, we might not get it in three or four days like I did. In fact, there's been other things that I've been waiting on for years that still haven't come to fruition. But I know that God is faithful. I've seen the periods of his faithfulness almost like stepping stones to the point where I know when I take that next step, there will be a stepping stone for me to land on. And so uh, that's my encouragement for you this week. As God starts to move things around and maybe call you out of something or call you into something that you would step with faith, with obedience, like we see in Mary, and that you would walk in confidence because you know that you can hear his voice. One more thing before we, we end our time together today. The one um, thing that I wrote towards the end of chapter one, the very first miracle that Jesus performed publicly was revealed to those who were serving. The ones who know what Jesus is doing are the ones who are serving him because they're close by. They see the miracle. As somebody that has worked in full-time ministry um, and also in lay ministry just serving, what I have come to realize is that sometimes God doesn't tell us what he wants us to do. He shows us. And um, the miracles that I have seen in amazing ways have been phenomenal and have only gotten to see them because I was serving, whether that is something as um, amazing as a child making a first-time commitment um, to Jesus, or a widow who is healed of her brokenness and is now able to minister to others, or to an actual miracle. Um, you know, we work in Malawi in a normal year. Now, not that it's you know with COVID right now, we're not we're not traveling. But we work in Malawi, and because of COVID, our team was not able to do their summer camps uh, this past year the way that they normally would. And so towards the end of the year, Malawi regulations opened up to the point where they could have a, um, a certain amount of kids together outdoors. So instead of bringing kids to our campus, our staff went out into the villages to do their summer camp. And because they had been doing some canvassing of the area, they knew that we were going to likely have more kids than we normally would have if we had just brought them onto campus. So we typically would have about 500 kids in camp. We prepared for 800 kids this year. And when, when our team got to the villages, they ended up having 1,800 kids. Um, from 500 to 1800, that's, uh, it's just phenomenal. And here really what it was, was it was one of the first events that the government allowed the families to kind of co-mingle and get outside of their, their own, you know, quarantines. And so the combination of just being starved for entertainment or anything outside of their own homes, and then the hope of the gospel, um, you know, our staff, he said, um, one of our staff members, he said, you know, we took extra, expecting extra, and we always do like a, a food and snack and games and supplies. And he said, there was no way 
that we would have enough for 1,800, but do you know by the end of the day, we had enough for all 1,800 kids. And so what we experienced in that scenario was a modern hay, loaves and fishes kind of miracle where, um, you know, he said to me, I know how much was there because I packed the truck. Um, I know that we didn't have enough supplies for 1800 kids. We had supplies for about 800 kids. Um, and so what he has experienced now is this miracle of a miracle working God that still does things like that today, but he experienced in a way that is different than anybody else because he was serving and God showed him what he was able to do through his obedience and his faithfulness. That's my prayer for you, that you can walk alongside Jesus in the areas that he's already moving and you would start to see him because he reveals himself to you through the ways that he is already moving and working and showing you how you can come alongside of him. Friends, it's my honor and privilege to pray for you as we set out to embark on week two of the She Hears Bible Study. Thank you for sticking through it for all of week one. And I will be praying this week that you would not only hear from God, but that you would see the ways that he speaks to women throughout the pages of scripture. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for my friends that are walking alongside this Bible study together. Lord, I thank you that you've called them to this place in this season of history and right now to learn about what you say about your the women in the pages of, this, of scripture and about what you say about us, who you are, and the way that you want to work in our lives. God, thank you for your word and how precious it is to us. Thank you that you still move and interact and speak with us today. Lord, I pray today, even now, that you would quiet the hearts of my friends in such a way that they can hear you clearly. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. I know you've been frustrated with being confident in how to tell the difference between hearing from God and wondering if it's your own voice. Listen, I know. I've been there myself. That's why I wrote the Bible study, She Hears, Learning to Listen to Jesus. This is a six-week study that takes you through the book of John, looking at six women in the life of Jesus. It also teaches the color method of Bible study, which helps you to learn how to really understand the scriptures. I include lots of cultural and historical information, and it really makes these familiar passages of scripture just come alive. This is a great study to do on your own, to do with some girlfriends or even some teenage girls, and it will help you really gain the confidence in how to hear from the Lord and set you up with some tools that will stay with you long after the study is over. You can find that on my resources page at shehears.org, where there are also some really good resources to help you in your spiritual growth. I pray that they are a blessing for you. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you for God's call in your life, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you this week. Know that you are loved, you are cherished, and you are His.